know it There's such a lot of living to do They're sassy, sexy, spunky, witty, and best of all, opinionated. They are the girlfriends. And now here are Shelly, Whitney, and Shauna. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. I'm Shauna Montgomery, and I'm here with Shelly MacArthur. And we have a very special interview today with a very wonderful, outstanding woman by the name of Nina Ivan. Nina, for those of you that don't know, was the fashion director of Saks Fifth Avenue on Michigan Avenue for 50 plus years. 53 and a half years. Very fine. Thank you. That's right. 53 and a half years. Um, Nina has been in the industry for so many years. She's just a wealth of information on designers, clothing, trends, what's in, what's out. And Lord knows we all need help and to stay current. Um, right now, presently, she was the recent past president of the Costume Council of the Chicago History Museum. And that is a huge institution in the city of Chicago. Um, and with her help, the costume collection has grown to probably be the second largest in the world. Um, and Nina, welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so, thrilled to be here. Mm-hmm. I've known Nina and Shelley has too for years. Um, we worked at Saks Fifth Avenue as models for Nina Ivan, and basically she started my career. I don't know, Shelley, if well, she did yours. She started several careers of mine, actually, which <laughs> will we'll segue into my singing career. But she did start our modeling career. And Nina, you know, I can't tell you all the lessons that we have learned. Not to chew gum. Is that from one you. of them? Chewing gum was... Okay one of the minor lessons. (laughs) But I will tell you, we were all here exactly on time because when you work with Nina or for Nina, you are never late. But besides all of that, there's so many lessons that we'll talk about as we go through the show, but we had the opportunity with Nina's tutelage to, to model for some of the greatest designers in the world. And you formed so many relationships with Bill Blass, with Oscar de la Renta, with Norell, with Adolfo, with Calvin Gall- Klein, Calvin Galanos. Yeah. I it mean, was, Perry it a, Ellis. It was a good run. It was a very good run. Yes, I did. Can you tell, tell some of our favorite listeners, I mean, it was such a busy time. This is, you know, to our favorite listeners, right now, a lot of the modeling industry and the fashion industry has gone to videos. But this was really prior to going to video. So you were live, doing live presentations, live productions. Constantly. Sometimes I do three and four a day, and I'd be on the stairwell, and I'd think, what floor am I going to, and what show am I doing now, and where am I supposed to be? And now fashion shows, certainly in the city of Chicago, are infrequent. Informal modeling is still done, but major shows are are very infrequent. And we're seeing many of the designers going back from their mega blockbuster, incredible extravaganzas to what they used to do. And when I first went to New York to see the collections, they would do them in their showrooms, whether it was Bill Blass or Oscar de la Renta or Pauline Trigier or whomever. 
And then it became these big theatrical productions, which we would then replicate in Chicago. I always wanted to do it exactly the way they had done it, which is, I think, why I got along with so many of them. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, and why would I? Uh, but now they're going back to that, and it's it, like everything else. Everything comes back around, but it comes back around differently. Nita, tell us how you started. <laughs> I put on my hat and gloves. Very good. <laughs> one, one had to do that in those days, and I got on the bus, and the two places that we had shopped primarily, Mom and I had shopped and Daddy, uh, were uh, Marshall Fields, of course, and Saks Fifth Avenue. And the first stop on my bus going downtown after school, I was still in high school, was Saks Fifth Avenue. So I got off the bus at Erie in Michigan, because at the time we were on Erie in Michigan, and went in and applied, never worked, uh, and I went into the what was called personnel in those days, of course now, human resources, <laughs> and um, was interviewed and was asked if I could start tomorrow. And I said, start what? And they said, well, work. And I said, well, no, I'm in school. They said, well, can you start next Saturday? And I said, that would be fine. So I worked, the old guy laughing at this one, I worked uh, in on the fifth floor in a department called, are you ready, debutante sportswear, <laughs> which now is hysterical, which now is, we would all think of as contemporary sportswear or that sort of thing. So in my stock, because we all did our own stock work, I had, first of all, I had blouses, so I folded blouses first. And then I graduated to cashmere sweaters, because I, I thought that was pretty classy yes, at the time. Yes, absolutely, still is. So I did that for a year. I planned on going to New York uh, the next year uh, for school. And uh, subsequent things happened personally, and I did not. And I had been offered the position of assistant fashion director a year after uh, I had started. That so, was very wow, that was that was fast. fast. Yeah, it was so fast. then I went into the fashion office, and that's that. That's where I stayed. Now, you know, to our favorite listeners, I just want to tell you, when you are producing a fashion show, and not only being fashion director, but to produce the show, you are pulling multitudes of whatever the designer, the clothes are, but then you're accessorizing them from head to toe. So you're pulling the proper earrings, you're pulling shoes, shoes, hose. I mean, you're so it's really a very, very detailed job, and you have to have a vision. And Nina, you always seem to have that vision. Thank you. I, it's that's interesting that you say that. I and I think it, anything that you do, number one, you have to like what you do. That's primary. And you both know me well enough. I wouldn't be doing anything for nine thousand years and not like what I did. That's kind of stupid. Uh, but you have to like what you do, and it's just an innate thing. I can carry color for some unknown reason. I can match color easily without looking at it again. Uh, very rarely did I have to fit you. I would pull for you unless it was a, a, because we did an awful lot of shows just from our own stock in the store, many, many, many more than we did with designers. And I would have designers, uh, after the first time working with them, say to me, uh, we don't need to fit, you know, what you're doing and pull it, and that would be that. So it saved money for my department by not having sure. to pay for a fitting, and it was just, it's just kind of a thing, and I still could do that. Well, let me, I, I remember the first time, Nina, when I first met you, 
Um, this is Shauna, and this is my little Shauna story. When I started modeling, I was uh, 14 years old um, and doing some fashion shows, just a little bit for Marshall Fields. Um, all the college girls went back to school, so I kind of slipped in and did that. Then I got the, the gumption to go into Saks Fifth Avenue. And I had this book of a portfolio, which the models still today carry, and it's pictures. And I knocked on Nina Ivan's door. I was so nervous because Nina was a fashion icon. If you worked for Nina Ivan at Saks Fifth Avenue, you were big stuff. You were very, you were very professional too, because she did not hire people that were not professional. Still don't. And still don't. That is so true. And I was scared to death. And lo and behold, Nina did book me some for some informal modeling, and I started doing shows. But everyone had the fear of Nina. Our shoes were spick and spank, brand new. Our hair was pulled back, always. We always had the proper makeup on and bright red lips at that time, I remember. And you went in for those fittings and you didn't speak. You would sit there with the designer and I'll never forget it because I'd be standing in line and I was on the shorter side of all the girls. Um, and so I would just be like in my bare feet, but I'd be up a little bit, uh, just so I would look a little bit taller. And um, anyway, that's where I met a lot of the designers was through you. And I remember working for Perry Ellis and Fiendaka and uh, Adolfo and Galanos. I mean, Nina was just, she was amazing. And you know, Nina, what stories do you have working with all those designers? And I. I can't really, I mean, I'm sure there are, but when I'm really thinking about designers today in comparison to to the great designers in the world, is there anyone that stands out in your mind today? Oh, of course, sure. There are, there are a lot of superb ones. I mean, I think the problem at the moment is that there's so many changes constantly. It's a business, and most of... Our industry now is owned by people that are not necessarily in the fashion industry. It's major corporations. And it comes down to bottom line. Well, that was not what it was when I started. Everyone, the designers all owned their own companies, or they worked for someone that owned the company. Uh, we were owned by Gimbals at the time, and everyone was in the same industry. So those things, everything's changed and evolved. Uh, would I love everything to be what it was when I started? Not really. Uh, you know, that to me, again, is, is rather silly. But the designers haven't changed. They're still creative. They're still very talented, uh, innovative, wonderful people. But let's think of what was going on close to 60, well, 60 years. It would have been 60 years tomorrow that I was hired, actually. And uh, and uh, actually, I started 60 years ago tomorrow, um, the 18th of May. But... Um, look, technology. Look what's changed, and we all have to evolve. And if you don't, you just have to curl up in a little ball and go somewhere. So everything has changed. But as far as the designers are concerned, out of the more than 150 I worked with, and some of them many, many, many times, uh, out of those, and I'm not going to mention names, so don't ask me that. Only five were nasty. 
Ooh. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, please. Ooh. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, but because uh, some of them are still living. But Nina, your archives must be wonderful, though, because I do know that you took pictures with most all the designers. I did, I did, Shauna, but I didn't do it with the early ones. I didn't think about it with the Norrells, for example. Oh, I didn't gosh. think of it then. But basically, I do, and they're all at Columbia College. Uh, and the Nina Ivan archives. Don't you love that? I mean, that's I love it. Well, you know, using his debut. No, but tell our teachers, because tell our uh, our listeners, because you are doing, you're teaching yes. at Columbia College, yes. so you, we need to mention that. And I've been there over 25 years, so I'm in the fashion studies department at the moment. I've taught many various subjects, but the one I teach now is the one I started with, which is fashion show production, uh, which I know a little bit about. Uh, so it's. Uh, I think so what are you teaching in fashion show production? How to do a show. Basically wow. from concept to completion, how to work with a budget. Uh, are they going to do fashion shows? Probably not. But what they're going to learn is time management. They're going to learn organization. They're going to learn how to work in teams. They're going to learn how to work with people. We can't do a fashion show, even though I worked alone most of the time, you can't do it by yourself. I have to have people that are going to do this, do the sound. I have to have people that are going to do the lighting, people that are going to build the staging, etc. I never use script. I don't do well with script. But when I, when I was working for the fashion director when I first was in the office, I wrote her script for her for every show because we commentated the shows right. and they were an hour long. You know, shows an hour, eight minutes. Isn't that amazing? So it's well, totally, technology totally has really taken over. Oh, without but question. When I'm thinking about your 60 years in fashion, what have you seen, Nina, that has has repeated itself in fashion? Some trends that has been here, it's gone away, and now it's back again. Well, there's some things that stay all the time. Uh, you're going to have uh, things like the tuxedo. Uh, you know, you're, uh, right. With uh, with Classic. everyone, things started with Saint Laurent. It really started with Dietrich and and Garbo uh, in the 30s. Oh, uh, that's very good. Yes, but it, it certainly uh, is a classic. That that you know, if you're going to have a tuxedo, uh, obviously male or female. So it's androgyny going back that long. Uh, so androgyny, I think, has been around a very long time. I think being. Uh, I don't know that there's one particular style I would comment that's been around that long. What I would comment about would be um, feeling secure in your clothes, being comfortable in your clothes, letting, well, here's, uh, you, know, you both have heard me say this before, but how much, here's two compliments, how lovely you look or what a great dress you have on. Now they're both nice, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Which would we rather have? We'd rather have. How, How lovely you look. Absolutely, absolutely. Because then you are part of the garment. So having particular styles, they do come in and out, you know, but they come in differently. At the moment, we're getting back to 80s. I know, and I noticed this. I, I, you know, that's what I was thinking when I asked the question. I thought, here we were with the shoulder pads, and now the shoulder pads have returned. But not in that exaggerated no, manner. No. Not in that exaggerated manner. And quite frankly, you need shoulder pads all the time to proportion your body. So it's not something we should let go, but you're going to have the emphasis at the moment is on the shoulder, therefore bringing it up to the face. And you're going to have, a, if you're going to have a pencil skirt, you're going to have the broader shoulder, etc. So uh, it all comes back around uh, boho at the moment, the bohemian look, uh, which we all went through. 
uh, is back around again, but again, it's done differently. And it's done because you have different accessories, you have different shoes, you have different bags. Uh, so you have to update it. And when you're doing something, let's say vintage, uh, doing vintage isn't always easy because you, if you're going to really do vintage, you need to do it head to toe. That means hair, that means makeup, that means hats, etc. Total so, Do you know yeah. the interesting yeah. thing about the word vintage? So I have a closet full of gorgeous gowns. And so now with my daughter-in-laws, and they want to borrow that something or because they can fit into them, I'm no longer fitting into a lot of those gowns, but they say, oh, I love this vintage gown. Yeah. I'm like, vintage? Sure. So that's the new coin word now that yep. everyone's using yes. is vintage. But you know how important I think today for a lot of our listeners that are listening is underpinnings. You know, in the days when we were modeling, <laughs> we weren't really thinking about underpinnings because we didn't need to. But today, with today's world and in our age group now, women who are not being defined by age, one of the most important things I think are the proper foundation and underpinnings. Well, we're, we're defined by gravity. Correct. Oh, it has nothing to do with age. And I always get very upset because I'll have women in an audience that will say to me, well, there's nothing when you're over 30 or 40. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing for us. And so, and I said, what are you talking about? I can take you anywhere and dress you and you can look stunning. What are you talking about? And it goes on and on. There is, I said, well, what do you want to look dowdy? Do you want to look old? What are you saying to me exactly? You need to dress for your body, of course. You need to keep your body in the best shape it can be. Uh, but you have to have some structure there because we all, due to the earth we mm. live on, uh, our bodies drop, our rib cage drop. I would know because you know when I would dress you, I would hold on to your waist so it would steady you. And I would know when I'd have to change a sign because of our rib cage dropping. It's just nature. You can't help that. You can't change the skeleton. You can change what's on the skeleton. So I think you have to just dress in your mind. You don't want to look like your daughter. That's just silly. Although a lot of women try I to. I know that, and they, that makes them look older. I, I agree. agree. I totally feel it does, and I think that you just have to age appropriately, whether you're changing your makeup, you're changing your hair, you're changing uh, how you carry yourself. And as you get older, you should have more confidence in how you look. So I don't think that's an issue. But yes, uh, whoever invented Spanx, God love her. I mean, oh. she, she should be given She's... awards. Um, I think she has. I think she has, too. It has <laughs> but it's been amazing. Gazillions. But in, when I started, uh, we had a merry widow. So we had uh, that structure under our garments. And then we went to the whole either uh, a very unfitted bra to none. So those things, of course, have changed. Well, the foundation. Well, a la Kim Kardashian well, with the merry widow because she's yep. done the corset. Yep. That's right. It's changed your body. It's yeah. Dina, I have a question because I love my yoga wear. So what do you think about, I mean, how do you feel about the yoga wear that people are wearing all through the day and taking right now? It's a big trend into the evening. Well, I think it depends on what it is. Uh, if you're going to be uh, wearing some of Kate Hudson stuff, again, it's great looking. And she's thinking of those things. Uh, there's a line. I think there's a very fine line. Uh, wearing uh, a yoga top, perhaps, with a wonderful full skirt could work. I, how long ago did Sharon Stone do that with her 
T-shirt and, and her That's right. ball skirt at the Oscars, and that was with the Gap T-shirt. And I was, oh my God, what's going on here? But it looks right. I mean, I'm known for my black turtleneck sweater. I mean, we all know that. That's that's what I wear. <laughs> and there's actually nothing wrong with my neck. I'm sitting here without one on today, and the neck's okay, right? Yeah, the neck looks uh, great. But it's just the rest of it's a problem. The uh, <laughs> it was just easier. It became a uniform, and then it became identifiable. But I wear a black cashmere sweater with a ball skirt or sequin pants or whatever. That's mm-hmm. very chic. Just because, uh, again, I'm comfortable in it and I don't have to concern myself uh, with what else I'm going to put on and I'll put on you know, some glitzy earrings or whatever it is. Yeah, I look at the women today. But I don't like it on the street. To answer your question, I don't like it on the street. I think there it depends on the yoga outfits. It's uh, too casual or... Uh, it needs to be in a gym. You've heard it here on webtalkradio.net, The Girlfriends. I find it interesting because I do think we picked up on two key points. One is foundation is everything. I look at so many women, speaking of Spanx or whatever, and think that would look so great on her if she had the proper bra or if she had a spank on. And the second thing is, Nina, that you said, which I think is so helpful, is the word confidence. If your clothes, if you're wearing your clothes and the clothes aren't wearing you and you feel good in your garment or dress or outfit that you have on, it just exudes confidence from that person. And I, I think so. And I, you have to have a good sales associate uh, that you can partner with so that because they'll be brutal with you. They'll say, you know, your girlfriends may not be or your girlfriends uh, may say that looks terrible on you because they want it. <laughs> that green-eyed it's monster. True. It's true. And the next time you see it, it's on them, right? That's uh, right. But you need a good sales associate or a good friend that's, that's going to be uh, good with you and say, uh, let's try something else. Uh, you don't need someone that's constantly saying that looks wonderful on you when it doesn't, when it really does. I think it's very hard to buy clothes now. I mean, I think that's a very important point to our listeners is that you really you need to have that support system so I would suggest to everybody you need to find someone because to walk into a store nowadays it's just racks of clothes I know and I'll, it's hard it's hard it's to put it together hard. it's very hard but I will give you a good example now I, I'm coming from obviously a specialty store mentality uh, Saks Fifth Avenue is, is hardly uh, something that isn't elegant and upscale, but they're all price points there. It's not just uh, high end. But I would I would be in in because I go to Harbor Country a lot in Michigan and Indiana, and uh, I was in a Walmart. Perfectly good store. Hello, it's the biggest company, Absolutely. the biggest companies in the world. And normally, of course, you're going to not expect anyone to help you at Walmart. And I was looking for jeans or whatever. Is there anything worse than looking for jeans? I don't know what it could be. Bathing yeah, Walmart suit. bathing yeah. suit. Terrible. Oh, that's true. <laughs> or, or a bra. One, one of those. Uh, one of those hideous things. And I was taking some things in to try. And I was with a girlfriend actually. And I was looking around, and this uh, woman came over to me and said, "You're looking at whatever." I was looking at. I have some really good things to show you. Let me bring these things out. And she was doing stock. She was doing stock. So she brought some things over and said, I think you'll like these. And I was just blown away. So I went up to the front and I said, may I have a manager, please? 
Well, everyone just kind of looked like, oh, my God, what's happened? Because, you know, no one wants to talk to a manager with something That's right. good. So they called the manager, and I said, I must compliment, let's call her Sally. I must compliment Sally. She went absolutely above and beyond, and she looked at what I was looking for, and she found other things that were similar. And they were just stunned. I said, if you have some kind of an award for employee of the week, the month, the year, she needs to have it. So well, you know, that. Nina, that's... So you can get it anywhere, is my point here. That's very good. And, you know, thank you for mentioning that, because the girlfriends, the whole point of the girlfriends show is we are really trying to empower women, in, empower women, empower everyone. And one of the great things I think that's starting to happen in the world, at least I'd like to think so, is that, that there's an awareness, a conscious awareness of people doing, giving back, turning over. And that's what's going to make our world great today, just exactly what I think there's more did. of that. I think there's more of that than bad, but we don't hear about the good. That's the problem. So when you see it, you need to acknowledge it, tell somebody about it, thank the person. I thank the crossing guards when I'm crossing Chicago Avenue when I'm coming that way. And they, they almost fall down the street because everyone is almost pushing them down. You know, Or you thank the bus driver. Or you think, it doesn't kill you. It doesn't yeah. kill you. But you know, your career has spanned, I mean, so much. You, you have just, between being the director at Saks Fifth Avenue, which wasn't just one store actually, it was across the whole area and you were really directing it, managing it. Going she back was running sex. Oh, no. Nina, no. <laughs> Nina well, was no, running sex. You were, and I do Watch remember, it. but in those days, I remember it being a very intense market. You know, the design, I mean, this was expensive. The design, uh, Galanos gowns Absolutely. were fifteen to $20,000. Absolutely, they were. Speaking um, of that, Nina, I just want to yes. interject, Michelle, when you're, said that because I know that Bob Mackey just came to Chicago yes, yes. and I know that you had some spent some time with him. Yes. How was that? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I, I've had a, a wonderful relationship with Bob. Uh, he did many shows with us and also and we did a lot of business with him but also uh, he was my date at a couple of events that I was chairing so uh, we have pictures that we look like we're at our prom. Uh, <laughs> but tell us, tell our listeners, that was the Chicago Historical Society, Yes, that was it, huh? the History Museum, yes. It was, uh, I've been wanting to get him here for years and we gave him a design, uh, Designer of Distinction Award a couple of weeks ago and it was really a hoot and a half. It was a wonderful, wonderful evening. Nina, tell uh, the listeners exactly Bob, who Bob Mackey was. Uh, it is Bob. Bob, you'll all know uh, because he did all the all the costumes on uh, the Carol Burnett show, all of them, uh, from the chorus to Carol. He's still very good friends with her. Still designs her clothes. He did all the clothes on Sunny and Cher, and has designed for Cher forever. Uh, he did. He started actually with Mitzi Gaynor. And Mitzi got him to Carol Burnett and uh, Angela Lansbury. I mean, the man, number one, is a genius. Uh, I've worked with a zillion designers, all of whom are extraordinarily talented and do magnificent clothes. But nobody knows a body like Bob does because of his costuming. And it's just extraordinary, extraordinary. And he is the dearest, nicest man in the world. And he started out as a sketch artist uh, in film. He worked with many of the top oh, designers, including Edith Head. Yeah. 
and he's just, well, the reason I know these things is I could go to the gate. I mean, let's talk. Oh, we can't even get to the gate now to get on an airplane. I would go to the gate and meet the designers or their reps. I would come back in the limo with them so we'd have that hour on the wow. road. I would then go back with them to the airport. So I would have like at least two hours a trip. Usually there would be a dinner or whatever, so you not necessarily that I'd sit by them. And I'd be on the floor with them the entire time. So uh, but that, what I mean by that is I'd be on the selling floor working with them while they were here. So you, be, you have a relationship. You can't do that anymore. I know. It's so you lacking in our anymore. country. Well, I think that, you know, here we go back to the technology is really taking over and people are buying online and they're yeah. buying through videos and, true. and the technology. I, st- I still is think people want to touch and feel. I, I still think that's not going to go. And I, there's, I love to watch a fashion show. I mean, that's, I love that live. Well, one of the interesting things, and actually we were with Nina at a show just recently, and for many, many years, um, I would go to several of the fashion shows, and I would look at the models, and the models went through a stage of being, they looked like they'd just gotten out of bed and gotten on the runway. It was crazy. I not, mean, not one of mine, you wouldn't have known. No, <laughs> so no but they, day, there was just no. a different look. Until recently, this last show that we went to just several weeks ago, the models got back to being beautiful and coiffed mm-hmm. and looking refined and smiling as they walked down the runway and put together. But for years, they were very vagabonding. Well, I remember a- Calvin Klein coming in, and we were sitting all lined up, and he said to Nina that Chicago probably doesn't have the tallest models, but they have the best-looking women. I well, remember him I, saying that. I never, that. ever had a designer, as I said, I like to always replicate their shows. And they would say, because I can make a model look like whatever we want to make them look like. You, you become a blank canvas. If we're going to do the hair and the makeup the way the designer wants that. Uh, when Norwell came, for an example, and I used to do shows with eight models, period. Now I get sassy and want a model for every garment I pull. So I get very sassy in my old age. Uh, but <laughs> You've um, always been sassy. I know, I know, I know. Uh, and so have you. <laughs> and, uh, and we won't go into that. And so um, uh, I would ha- he would bring in his four models, all of whom had the Norrell look with the boy haircut and the, uh, the uh, cold eyes, the Van Dalgen look. And I would ha- my girls look exactly as you couldn't tell the difference. You absolutely could not wow. tell the difference. And we were talking early before it went on air, and I was saying one of the things, I think having regret is a very silly emotion. Regret, jealousy, and envy to me are silly. Regrets I don't have. I, I regret not keeping a journal. That I will say. However, I coveted a, a Norel Mermaid dress, which is, of course, the one all pieted in sequins. Mm. I would have given my left arm, for not my right because I need it, but I would have <laughs> given my left arm for, and I was making $37.50 take home a week and in those days, the long evening gown, which I could fit into there, certainly couldn't now, were like 3500 4000 tops. Well, that was like $200,000 to me. Now, let's envision in our minds quickly how many years it would take me to pay for a $2,500, $3,000 gown oh. at thirty-seven fifty a week. 
So I did not, needless to say, uh, but they were magnificent and beautiful. And Mr. Norell told me, taught me how to tie bows. So I, I, he was a joy, an absolute joy. You know, it's interesting because when you're talking about fashion, and Shelley, you're talking about your gowns, and we're talking about Bob Mackey, it's very hard. How do you save all this? I mean, Shelley, you don't sell your gowns at all. I haven't sold my gowns yet because I have. I just can't sell them. Yeah. I can't and, sell them. I don't but, know. I'm holding them for who knows what. Well, we need them in the History Museum. Yes, but, you know, but now they've changed that. So you have to have photographs and when did you wear it. Well, that's and, true. I mean, that's true. Well, should we talk about your first singing engagement? Yes. 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 We should, yes. Absolutely. So Nina was really, really instrumental. And I don't know, how did that come about exactly? Well, you said you were going to be doing your first singing engagement at the Gold Sardine Bar, which we all adored and miss to this day. And uh, whatever should you wear? Oh, my God. And you said, well, and you were thinking maybe a Mackie at the time. And I said, well, I'll just get you one. So we did. So we got a Bob Mackie. Now, you must, the Gold Star Sardine Bar, if I could describe it to all of our listeners, was just a very small, quaint, very sophisticated cabaret, cabaret room, jazz room, um, very sexy, maybe it tops, which is held 200 people, that's why they called it the Gold Star Sardine Bar, and that was squished in there. So the Bob Mackie gown arrives. Now, Nina and I are both thinking it's going to be very sleek and just something simple. I didn't have to worry about size at the time. It would just send us the sample. This was a green sequined, one-shouldered, ostrich feathered, Oh, extravaganza. Extravaganza. That literally... I totally forgot about this. Literally <laughs> took over the room. Uh-huh. It was the room. Oh, but you forgot. It had a great big slit in the front, so your great legs were hanging yeah. out when you're sitting on your little stool. The legs were hanging out, and I thought, oh, my God, am I going to be able to live up to this gown? You did. And, and with Nina's help... Um, we launched a very successful and very interesting career starting with that Bob Mackie gown. So you know what? I'm glad you reminded me because I'm going to start putting that in my in my bio. Absolutely. Yes. Cher That's has huge. nothing over me. There you go. There yeah. you now go. Shelley got the great green gown. And well, when, I didn't get to keep it. When Phil Donahue <laughs> came into town, Nina gave me the <laughs> the leopard skin tight cat suit, and I had to play the character of Laverne, if you all remember, that was on what show was that? Laverne on? and Shirley. Yeah, Laverne. Laverne. Well, she started on Happy Days. She started on. They don't remember. No, I had to play the, the character that had the big boa, and she walked from. Oh, you look so great. Oh, I, oh, it was yes. Cher's. It, Absolutely. Or was Who it, was it? It was it. I don't know if it was Carol Burnett's character or if it was one of Cher's characters. I anyway, think it was Cher's. So it's like apples. You know, I Shelley plays with Barbies. <laughs> I played with trolls. I mean, it's one of those things. <laughs> still Mackie. Still Mackie. Yeah. So it's all Barbies. That's right. It's so it's all Barbies. So that was extraordinary. And then I do remember. I do recall. And it was probably one of the things that stands out in my mind the most during my modeling career was getting fired 
by Adolfo in one split second. So that was pretty dicey, and I regret that moment. Wait, Although even at the time, I thought I was being funny and cute. What did you say? Well, that mouth Adolfo, of yours that always gets you in trouble. Yeah, it was <laughs> Nina and Adolfo. It was very intense, and I, I really need to remind the listeners, during these shows prior to, prior to going out on the runway, it was very intense, and we were having a meeting prior to the show of Adolfo, who was a one of the world's most famous designers. In the beauty salon. Yes. And we were having the meeting, and he was telling us exactly how he wanted our hair in a very low, coiffed bun, slicked back, blah, blah. Yum. And I was standing there in front of Nina and Adolfo, and my hair was very long at the time, and it was down. And I said, oh, you mean not like this? And just being funny and kind of clever and cute, he said, you're fired. And Nina looked, and she said, you need to leave. Pack your bags, please. Thank you very much. I, and all the girls were standing around me. And I was, was like... so embarrassing. It was two minutes before the... It was, no, it was a half hour before the show started. But I left. So Who did you get to... Well, we just yeah. had to redo We just cut a dress. We, we just yeah, cut... We, yeah. had, we had to reline it up. Wait. That's how intense it was, everybody. It was intense. So what did you do? Did you come in and talk with Nina after that? Oh, yeah. Nina and I talked after it was that. I, it, was, it was fine. But it was a very... That was an experience. Well, that, that happens with a lot of designers. You know, they are so in the moment. And it's... And should be. Well, absolutely. But, you know, humor's humor. I mean, and, and that was totally not like him because he was a very easygoing person but in the heat of the moment, you know, <laughs> you know it's it's all comes to to bear it all comes to bear but uh, it's unfortunate but sometimes you just don't get around you just don't I That's learned right. a lesson another lesson another lesson Nina tell me um, what are you working on now personally uh, other than teaching, which semester, thank God, I just graded or done with that until September, um, which I do happen to love. I love to teach. Uh, I'm starting a, a blog called Nina's Notes, and it is. I'm going to do it daily. I'm being very ambitious. I'm doing it daily, and uh, Mondays, I'm calling Model Mondays, and I'm doing uh, all my former model girls and asking I'm hoping to do one a week for a year, and I do have more than 50 that I can go to. Uh, but everyone I've asked so far has said yes, and what I'm asking is for pictures, a, a head sheet from when you began, and some shots from runways. Uh, I have, uh, Shelley was kind enough to give me the green Bob Mackie uh, dress, so I have that, and then I have a picture of her performing now. So I'll put those kind of side by side. So we'll, we'll have a, a now picture. Neither one of you have changed at all. I Neither hate, have you. I hate you. No, that's not true, but I do hate <laughs> both of you. Uh, but it's um, it's just, well, your mother's... We've always same. said nice things about you, Nina. Yeah, I do. I do. I really hate you. Uh, but it's it's wonderful. And it's, it's going to be fun. But I think it all started with me, because I did a lot of reunion shows, as you both know, because you were in them. And I always found it terribly amusing, and I think your audience will find this uh, funny as well. Uh, yes, we want to do the reading show. Yes, 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 yes. And they would be absolute nervous wrecks backstage. It would be hysterical. 
and up they'd go because most of them were at the Hilton in the Grand Ballroom, which is where I did most of my shows in my career. And the minute their little toes hit the top uh, of the runway, and I'm talking both Shelley and Shauna and, and the rest of my girls, it was like they'd never been off. Like they'd never That's been quite off. amazing, too. And it was just extraordinary and everyone would come and just well the same thing when you did my retirement party everyone came like they were going to do a show everyone came basically in black That's and right. all hair and makeup That's done it, it was absolutely the most fun party ever and my concern was that I you know if we're going back 50 some years some of the girls were there from then, and I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to remember their names, or they're not going to get along with everyone else. It was like a sorority reunion. It was a sorority reunion. <laughs> You're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. You know, getting back to your reunion party, I told, I mentioned this, I had been to a luncheon. Actually, it was a breakfast that was being held at the Michael Kors store, and Michael Kors was the guest designer that it was his store and he came in that morning and we were sitting uh it was a beautiful party and we were there with about 30 ladies that lunch society women Mm -hmm. and i recall in my mind i was sitting there at this beautiful breakfast and i was looking at all these women and they had all had surgical work or their lips pumped up or breast the whole works and I remember th- and they looked good they were sucked and tucked <laughs> they were sucked and I thought wow but that night was the night of the reunion party uh-huh. and I walked into this event and there must have been 50 oh it had to be at there least, must have been 50 or 60 women at least and I have to tell you they were gorgeous all X models yeah. All of them excellent. And a couple, a couple of my guys. And a couple right very the handsome. And a very still, handsome. They still are too, And they yeah. still are. Yeah. But I do remember recalling, wow, here I was in the morning at this party with the ladies at lunch, and it was such a difference. And then going to this party in the evening, and the women were beautiful, lined, but beautiful. Well, think, yeah, but you have to tell the listeners that the women at the reunion, who were all ex-models, didn't have the pumped up lips and didn't they were natural and you know i think a lot of that has to go with the confidence in modeling that you were very confident about the way that you looked absolutely and you know you, you aged really gracefully because you've always been kind of noticed for your beauty and i think the so called ladies that lunch group they, they're trying they're, they're to aspi- be. They're aspiring to it. They're, they're aspiring, aspiring to it. it. Yeah. Good word. Big yeah. difference. Big difference. And it's it's something that you've always been around and something that you have kept up. And it's it was it was just the best party ever. And to see everyone and to have all of you get along with each other uh, was was a lovely, lovely, lovely evening. And I have the whole thing on tape. So we've been all... Oh, oh, oh that's scary. Too. Yeah, well, that is really scary. scary. Yeah, but just before we close our show, Nina, because this is very exciting, you are now launching another career, really, yes. as a writer. Yes. And you have so much experience to bring to this blog. So on Nina's notes, you are going to be getting a lot of the history of your life. Yes incorporated with a lot of what you're doing now, which is speaking engagements, 
and you're going to different museums all and over each, the world. And each day will be a different topic. I, you know, I, I'm a, a, I have a fetish for books. I just can't I have meet every fashion book ever printed. So I'll do one day will be on books. One day will be on friends' gardens or their homes uh, or whatever. Another day will be on what I think about film or theater. So each day will be a different topic, and I'm going to rest on the weekends. But I am going to do a five day a week. That's very block. ambitious. Yeah, I think it's it is. Best too. of luck to you for but that. But I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, Nina, that's that's something that you've always done, and you know about giving back, such as your teaching. I mean, you've really shared your pearls of wisdom with everyone. Once again, that's how we started the show today, is how many lessons we've learned through Nina. Thank you. So we're going to tune into the blog. Not tune in, but read in. There you go. To the blog. We're going to read into the blog. <laughs> read which into is, the blog. Nina's, Nina's, notes, Nina's notes. Which is a launch, and we are so happy to be able to tell our listeners. So when it is launched, we will definitely put it on our website. Wonderful. That And we will connect to your blog. There you go. So that and I can connect to your podcast y- as well. Yes, right. sharing, it's always sharing. sharing. So Wait, I have one question, Shaw. Okay, it's what Sorry. girlfriends are all about. Um, I would love for you to share the best piece of advice that you received in your life. It doesn't have to be a heavy. It can be a little. Best piece of advice that you received. Oh boy, uh, I think be yourself. I think be true to yourself would Love be the that. best advice I could, I would get and would give. And that's how I was treated by my parents, was to be me. Love that. I love that. You heard it here, favorite listeners, on The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net with Nina Ivan. Even if the sky is falling down, I know that we'll be safe and sound.